Hi, and welcome to She's the Boss Leaders, the podcast all about successful female founders and women doing amazing things in business from Australia and around the world. I'm your host, Jules Brook, and this episode is sponsored by Brand for Brands, a branding agency run by two sisters located in Sydney. They specialize in building and refreshing brands that speak to the right people the ones that will invest in your products and services. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to She's the Boss, the show that is all about female founders and women doing extraordinary things in business. My name is Jules Brook. I'm your host and I'm also the founder of Handle Your Own PR. Now today I am so excited. I have got Australia, well I don't know that she's Australia's version of um, Joanna Lumley but I think of her that way with great affection. Um, Zoe Coyle is amazing. She's the director and founder of Pilot Light Consulting. She's a certified Brené Brown Dare to Lead facilitator and I'm going to ask her more about that because I know everyone's obsessed with Brene Brown Um, and she's a writer. So welcome Zoe. Uh, Thanks for having me Jules, lovely to be here. Uh, I just love, I I love your whole story, I'm dying to hear all about it. So let's kick it off with why don't you tell people what it is that you do now, what is Pilot Light? I I founded it over 12 years ago now, maybe 14 years ago, and I work with all sorts of different people. And the distillation, so from the homeless and dying through kids, through massive corporates across all sorts of industries, and the distillation of what I do is I run workshops around connection. And I know that that sounds a bit... um, Nebulous, but actually, it also sounds perfect for what's going on right now. That I I always bang on about this one quote, so forgive me jogging sideways because I just think so. Manoush Shafiq, she is the um, director of the London School of Economics, and she said that in the past, jobs are about muscles, and right now they're about brains, and in the future, they'll be about hearts. And so, yes, actually, it's so all my work is around that is around how do we come back to more heart centered living. And right. uh, it's around authenticity and kindness. So it's, uh, yeah, it's beautiful work. And so talk to me about the Brené Brown side of it, because I know you and the fabulous Polly McGee, who I will be interviewing on the show later, and I love her. Um, and you're such a great pair. I just love you as a couple as well. Talk to me about going to America and doing Brené Brown's course. And are you the only women in Australia that have done that? No, there are a few of us. I'm not sure how many. I think there are about eight of us. Um, Which is not many. Yeah, not many. We're the only two that work in a partnership. But so I've loved Brene for years. I mean, she came onto yeah. my radar years ago. And it was it was radical for me because I'd been in rooms teaching vulnerability and courage. But to right. stand in a in a corporate space, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a generalization now, but with <laughs> men in their fifties and sixties to to try yeah. to sell them vulnerability. It used to be such an uphill slog for me. And after the workshops, I'd get onto my little Vespa and I would just cry into my helmet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you poor sense. thing. It's so frustrating, oh, isn't well, it? I just feel, look, I'm, I think I'm in the wrong room. And I, and I, and then, then Brene hit the zeitgeist with this incredible rigor because she's an academic and 400,000 pieces of data underpinning all of her research. Which kind so, of, I would think, also appeals to all those left brain men who are going, I don't want touchy-feely, I want numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so suddenly there was this sort of juggernaut behind us, uh, yeah. people like Polly and me in those rooms, uh, to be able to do some really wonderful and kind of subversive work. So last year, um, 
Holly and I both applied, and uh, it was quite extraordinary. You had to apply separately. And Did you, so you knew each other before you applied? We we were set up on a on a blind date maybe fifteen years ago, and oh, right. it was instant love, platonic. But literally, yes. my sister and I said, "I've met your new best friend," and um, <laughs> and we met. It was instant, and we've we've worked together in different configurations, but we've always wanted to facilitate together because we've always worked around change and. Uh, and with people, that's our great right. passion. Yeah. And so we just went, well, look, if we, if there's a chance, because a, a, a lot of people applied for Brene, if there's a chance that we get in and we go together, then, then we'll formalise our partnership. Oh, and I so love she that. she came into Pilot Light. And then we went to Texas in that extreme heat. And, um, <laughs> and it, was, it was a phenomenal experience. I bet it was. I bet it was. So when you say you managed to get in, how many people applied and how many have you got in? I think Do you know, roughly? About, I think it was about 17,000 people that applied. And then <laughs> I, think, I think there were 400 people that went through four different tranches of training with Brene, and she's not doing it anymore. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Let's put an asterisk beside those numbers, but I think it was about that. Right. So was there a light bulb moment that you thought, I'm going to set up Pilot? Like, was there something that happened in your life where you just went, that's it? you know, I can't do this anymore, I'm going to go out on my own or I'm going to set yeah. up this business? Yeah, there were. There were several. Can you tell me about it? Well, I'm, I'm obstinate, so I missed the first couple of light bulb moments. <laughs> and look, I, so, so I wouldn't think you're the only one. <laughs> yeah, I also, I didn't, when I was a, when I was a young person, I didn't, I didn't have an aspiration to be a businesswoman. Right. I um, first and foremost, my my primary iteration as Zoe, I, I felt like a creative, and I wanted to be. I, I am a creative. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be in the arts, and and I pursued that at first. And my experience of being an actor was pretty malnourished. Literally, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> literally, metaphorically, I was running. Oh, okay. around. I went to NIDA, and then I and then my first year out of NIDA, I did a whole series of. Hang on a minute. Hang on. I thought you were English. Are you Australian? I'm a, I'm a hybrid, but yeah, uh, I, I am. I'm, 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 we will come. We'll yeah. have to come back to that in a bit. Keep telling me yeah. the story, and then so I'll wind you back a bit. I went to NIDA, and then I came out and I did all these American telly series because at that time the Gold Coast was had all these um, telly series. So. Lost World and Beastmaster, and, um, and, and <laughs> those well-known shows. Oh, and, and and I'm 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 a delicious, hardcore, fully expressed feminist. So to get up there and be handed the smallest outfit in the world. <laughs> would, do you know? As soon as as soon as you said that, I imagine I bet the outfit was a bikini. <laughs> it pretty much was. Um, right, challenging for you then mentally. Anyway, <laughs> it was. Um, well, look, it was. It was as far away from what I wanted to be doing as, um, and more compromising and so yeah. working at Woolworths. Right. Uh, yeah. and the dislocation of self for me, I, I was not happy. There was a, there was a supreme <laughs> sort of cross torsion. And I can feel your pain from here. I mean, yes, that would have been yeah, upsetting. <laughs> and, and I think also Jules, the, the terrible, the shocking objectification of, of women actors. Women. Yeah, uh, women full stop and women actors. I mean, I've certainly found it in, in my work now too. But then, I mean, I would be in rooms with, uh, I remember being in a room with an auditioning agent and the director sort of turned to him and went, she's got big teeth. And oh, stop. I, I was sitting there and I remember I'd come in with a book and the director said, can you actually read or do you just bring that in to, to be impressive? I mean, it just... Just the, I mean, that kind of, it's, I mean, it's basically abuse and it's just amazing that it was just so normal back yeah. when we were younger. 
it, yeah. it's horrifying. So anyway, great, great reason not to continue. Yeah. So look, I, and also I didn't, I couldn't find the kind of work that I wanted to do. And I certainly didn't want to be the ingenue. And then I had this sort of heavy duty voice. And um, so I couldn't quite find my way in. And, right. and then my mother died and that had a huge impact on me. So the idea would, yeah. of running around in the woods in a push-up bra became completely untenable. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but it's just the, the thought no, of it. Yeah, and the thought that anyone would be asked to do that is, is extraordinary to me. I, I know. So, look, then I um, we moved back to England and then I, I had a change of direction. So I had that, that existential crisis that arrives right. for anyone that's gone through deep And what happened? And then, and then I started volunteering in, in hospices. Right. Um, so there was my calling to I want much more fulfilling. Yeah. I want a deeper experience. What is this life? What is my purpose here? And um and how do I carve that out for myself and claim it in this one precious life? So it was a trajectory really from there where I went from that to um working with homeless people and then into teaching acting, which I really loved. And 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 that did that give you the teaching bug? Was that the moment where you went, went yeah. oh, I love this? Really I, so I was talking it. about it with someone yesterday and they said, why do you do it? And I went, the sense of satisfaction you get when you help someone and you know that you've sort of helped them long term is just so precious. I mean, I don't think there's anything better than it. So uh, yeah, I can I really totally understand agree. that you got bitten by that bug. I really agree. And also... Um, it was so beautiful at that point to to be because I love actors, so to be around actors, but not have to be one and have people tell me what to say and how thin I needed to be. I was a very hungry actor. <laughs> and how big your teeth were allowed to and be, as if you my... could do something about that. <laughs> yeah, how no, and and but I had a, had a man's voice. You, uh, you get a man's voice. voice too, <laughs> sister. I do. It... Yes, I get that whole sort of, you know, Telstra rings and go, hello, sir. I'm a woman. So, look, then it evolved when I, well, we moved back to Australia and um, I went into corporate training with a beautiful company called Message Train. And that wasn't the work that I wanted to be doing, but uh, I learned so much in that space. And right. Uh, the director was a man named Ant Simcoe who had been a, a, a director and a teacher of mine at NIDA, and he was so inspirational to be in the room with as a facilitator. And that's where I really saw, oh, this is, this is an extraordinary space. Right. And, um, and, I, and I loved being there, but it was very corporate. And yeah. I was in my late 20s, and I... I, I found it. I found it difficult. I found it difficult being in rooms with um, lots of men, and I and I, I navigated that by sort of denuding myself and uh, taking off the makeup. and And I love makeup. It's part of the right. way I express myself. and And I felt um, sexualized and condescended to and exhausted. And so then it was. And then it was just a process of I want to choose the rooms I'm in. Right. And so how did you do that? How did, what was the next step in the journey? So then I founded Pilot Light with uh, just the, the, the well wishes of a couple of people that loved me. And right. I just thought, well, I haven't got much to lose. 
And I was doing. I love that attitude. I just think that's so important for female founders to understand that, particularly when you're young, you haven't really got anything to lose. The worst thing that'll happen is you're going to have to, you know, go back to square one and maybe look for a job. But if you can try in the meantime, it'll probably work. And then you don't have to do that. I completely agree. And and actually, for me, it happened very organically. And I I kept an income coming in. So in a, I think we were back in Australia, maybe gone back to the UK. But when we came back to Australia, so there have been various iterations of Pilot Light. I was also working in the corporate program at NIDA. Yeah. And that was really interesting too, to get upskilled in another way. Pay was dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know I I just I considered it as a, an apprenticeship, yeah. and then and Pilot Light was just small steps, and uh, I'm not strong on marketing, right? As a lot of people aren't. No, but I just went well. I will just, and I'm not good at. And by marketing, I also mean selling myself, but I had to get that shift in my mind. It's not selling myself. I'm providing a service. That, well, you're, or, or another way of looking at it is you're helping people. So, you know, if you wanted to offer to help people, you know, you wouldn't feel bad about it at all. The fact that there's a, a dollar value attached to it, I think, doesn't matter. There's an expectation that will be there. But if you think instead that you're helping people, um, makes it a bit easier to sell yourself. Or sell your skills. I think that requires a maturity and a self-compassion and a self-belief that in my 20s and early 30s was hard. Uh, because I, I 100% agree with you. You don't know in those days, in those early days, and you also feel so scared about doing something wrong and don't realise that it doesn't matter. That's right. That's right. Isn't that one of the glorious things about getting older? I love it. I love it. I love it too. (laughs) And and also the other thing I love about getting older is knowing very clearly that I don't need to be perfect. I don't need to be the expert on everything. In fact, uh, as a facilitator being doing my work, absolutely. uh, But bringing humility and and look this term really kind of triggers people but being in service that idea of I'm coming into the room in service and it means that actually even if I'm doing a whole lot of talking and I try to keep that to minimum I try to keep it in a conversation but it means that it's not about me it's it's about what happens for the other person and in the space between the two of us yeah that's what I find really exhilarating and the change and the growth that can happen there for, for me as well as for my clients. I just love the you and you and Polly have been doing a series of posts on LinkedIn with little short videos that I absolutely love. And the one I saw yesterday was about perfection and that we shouldn't be chasing perfection. Go on, let's just talk about that a little bit because I do think that's so important that you don't trip yourself over and, you know, kind of create big walls and obstacles to what you're going to do by saying it's got to be perfect first. Yeah. Just do it and yeah. fix it as you go. But, yeah. but I'd love to hear you talk a bit more about it. Well, the Pilot Light Unpacked, that video series that Polly and I did, was yeah. a, 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 a joyful response to COVID where right. she and I couldn't facilitate in rooms together and we, were, we missed being together. So we thought what we'll do and, and what's so great is we were so free because we weren't doing it. We just did it for the love of doing the work and to be together. So we thought what we'll do is we'll make a series right. of explores the most common questions that we're asked in our facilitation rooms. And one of the things. Right. And then we just rumpus and freeform. And, and I've got to tell you, actually, even after the first episode, we both sort of went into shame storms of, oh, my God, we're so exposed. We exposed ourselves so much. And, but just that's the daring. In it is, and that's the bit that works because then other people look at you and go, 
gosh, I actually, you know, maybe I should be a bit more daring with myself as well. And also you do become immune to it. So I just want to say to everyone that doing your first or second video is so scary. Doing your 10th video, you don't even think about it. It's so so it's just it's just practice makes it's perfect, so I guess. And, it, and, it, and then it just becomes um, less about being the good girl or getting it right and, and, and more just about rumpusing in big ideas and uh, in this beautiful life. So, yes, Polly and I did one on perfectionism because uh, it's something that both of us have wrangled with. And when in our facilitation rooms, when we say to people, who in the room has perfectionistic tendencies, it's fascinating. The majority of the hands go up. If we're in a room of engineers, 100% out of the room. Oh, really? Yes, of course. But I also wonder whether you're attracting people who want to do their best, yep. you know, because they, because they're, so they're therefore prepared to invest in themselves and they are kind of in their own way trying to be, to reach perfection in what it is that they do. So I, think that's um, really I, wonder, I wonder if that's sort of part of why you're getting a lot of that. No, that's a really interesting insight, and I would say that you're right. I because I wonder if you had a room full of actors or creatives. I reckon hardly any of them would put their hand up. Be interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, look for myself. I um, uh, I'm I'm married to a hardcore perfectionist, and my firstborn is a perfectionist. Um, right. and, and, and so I I live with it. I have tendencies for that. I certainly I effort. I effort far too much, and right. um, and so I have to watch that. Um, I have to watch that because it um, it distorts it distorts and it deoxygenates and it makes me less porous, and um, and that idea of wanting to get it right you can, can never quite get there. So I'm always I was always falling short. So now it's just a practice of more self compassion and going. You know what? I'm going to give this a whirl with my full heart and and trusting that I've done enough work to speak about this. And when I don't know the answer or when I don't know this landscape I'm not going to pretend that I do and so everybody's in safe hands yeah that's great I think the idea of faking it till you make it works in certain areas but in terms of your expertise people are much more forgiving if you say god this is a bit I don't know or I'm not 100% sure or this is the first time I've done it or whatever rather than um you know Try, trying to fluff it. Zoe, I could keep talking to you honestly for hours and hours and hours. So I think we will have to do a podcast episode as well, but we're really at the end of the TV show. Um, would you like to just let everyone know how they can get hold of you? Sure. So you can come and find us on pilotlight.co, not .com, which tricks a lot of people <laughs> in Australia, or Pilot Light Unpacked. You can find us on LinkedIn under Zoe Coyle, my name, um, and we'd love to hear from you. Well, you have just been such a delight. I really could talk to you forever. Um, so I'm going to encourage anyone who's watched this episode to keep an eye out for She's the Boss podcast episode with Zoe because I will talk for longer in the podcast. Um, I hope you've really enjoyed the show today. I can't tell you how much I have. If you'd like a little bit more of a taste of She's the Boss, I do free Zoom lunches every Friday for female founders and you're more than welcome to come along, meet some fantastic women. It's all online, so it's a great way to connect. And I also have, as I mentioned, the She's the Boss Chats podcast, which is on every platform that you could imagine. And if you want to know more, go to she'sthebosscomau And I hope to see you at the next episode. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Another big thank you to our sponsor, Brand for Brands Agency. To find out more about Brand for Brands, go to brand for, F-O-R, brands.com. 
To watch this or any other episodes in this series on video, go to the She's the Boss YouTube channel. And to find out all about She's the Boss, how we are making female founders more visible and lifting up the women around us, go to she'sthebossgroup.com.